0: In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. I think so. I don't see why there's any difference between those two. How does the movie Starship Troopers open? It opens with like a big, uh... Tune in to see... It was,
1: uh... I didn't rewatch it because I've seen it so many times, so I don't I saw, the... I saw Starship Troopers for the first time for this episode. Oh, it opens, uh... It's, they're following uh, oh, the action yeah, on the right. planet. It's, it's like the shaky cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, come on! Follow me! And they're We're like... We're gonna make it! It's gonna be th- fine! And then Casper Van Dien gets killed. Or mm-hmm. it seems like he gets killed. And then they go to, like, him at school.
0: Right. Is that Casper Van Dien? The one who, like, gets killed? Like, the... One who gets killed right away?
1: No, no, that's like the guy who's um, like
0: the, the the one they're interviewing.
1: I don't remember who they're interviewing. He's in the background. It's he some gets, random smoke. and he's like, "Get out of here!" He tries to save the recorder oh, and yeah, he Gets yeah, killed yeah. at the end of the clip, or the, you it. think he gets killed? Right. Uh, that's the, right. The guy who gets killed initially, you see later on. He gets. He's the one who's like the. He's like ready to go, and he's like, "Come on, come on!" He's just shooting everybody running right. around, and then he gets. That's where it starts, I believe. Is him, and
0: then killed. it goes into the. Uh, Do you want to learn more? Yes. Find out more about bugs. Here's why we're better. Censored. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had never seen this movie before. My entire familiarity with uh, the movie Starship Troopers was the Futurama episode about the brain balls. About I, don't the...
1: Remember, I don't remember that episode of Futurama. It's
0: it's but... this great Zach Brannigan episode. Like, literally, I, I watched Starship Troopers with my friend Zach, and then I immediately was like, we have to watch Futurama episode now. So I put on, like, season two, episode 17, or whatever it is. And it's... Uh, bender and fry join the military so they can get a army discount card so they can buy gum
1: yeah okay and so
0: they get to and then war war were declared and they get taken off uh planet to go fight uh this mysterious enemy and it's just like bouncing balls
1: all right that sounds kind of familiar Actually, it's great
0: i love it and it's just zap Brannigan saying a bunch of zap Brannigan things and uh, it's amazing how, so if you've seen this movie
1: so many times do you remember the first time you saw this movie like did you see this movie in theaters No I saw this at a sleepover while with uh, other hockey players when I was playing hockey as a kid I must have been like 10 or 11 what year did it come out 96 97 97 so I was 11 or 12 it was rented and it was at a sleepover and uh, at uh, uh, the Federico's house that was the fe- <laughs> but it was like family friends but uh, they would like surround sound and everything and we watched Starship Troopers uh, and reveled in its glorious violence without understanding any of the satire at the time. We are just like,
0: oh cool, they're killing aliens! The only thing I knew about this movie going in, because I went in cold, like I didn't know anything, um, was that it was made by Paul Verhoeven, the same guy who made Robocop. And I knew that means I should have expected the over-top, over-the-top gore and violence, mm-hmm. but I wasn't.
1: Did you notice they also kind of reused some of the RoboCop score throughout? Too? I,
0: I don't pick up on that sort of thing because oh, yeah. I'm a terrible human being. Why does that make you a terrible, horrible human being?
1: Well, because I actively hate them. I
0: don't know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Never. No, <don't> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, super super interesting, both zany and intense movie.
1: It's, it's balancing so many different things at once. Like it's being that teen, like sexy action flick. Yeah. But then it's also a deeply layered satire. Mm-hmm. And it goes back and forth in that really weird way. Like the shower scene where it's just like, it's just be porn. Yeah. And if it's not there, it doesn't serve any purpose to the story as far as I know. I, I should probably, like, read an essay about it. I'm sure somebody's analyzed it and, like, broken it, down that the nudity says something about I don't think the nudity does. <laughs> although my understanding is that
0: Paul Verhoeven insisted that the crew also be naked so that the filming of that <laughs> scene wouldn't be weird. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that made it less weird.
0: Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, but I think it's there to set up. The satire, and I think it does the Game of Thrones thing where it couches the political intrigue of the world and the nature of the fascist society that they live in. Mm-hmm. With, uh, we're saying a bunch of really heavy shit, but look, boobs and butts.
1: <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> so softening the blow for the yeah, audience.
0: So Game of Thrones does it. It's, it's a proven method.
1: That's insane.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's where we learned that Dejana D. Uh, it has, like, political aspirations, and we, like, the woman who wants to have kids but can only do it beca- by becoming a full citizen. The other lady wants to become a politician and can only do that by being a full citizen. Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff, like, and that's kind of, like, where we learn the nature of the world. And them sitting around talking about it while playing cards would be fun.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. So, boob it up. It's funny that you say that, too, because, uh... Boob it up. Well, no, just that we learn all that information during that scene, because I don't remember any of that information. I was just like, nudity everywhere. Right. I was completely distracted well, by Well, again, the...
0: you were, what, 12? 12.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. But I've seen it several times since, and I still don't, like... you still... I do remember them, like, watching and saying, oh, I signed up because of this and this. Yeah. But... Your
0: 12-year-old brain takes over because it's just, like just one of those nostalgia moments where, like, this yeah. was it. This P- is the moment for me.
1: Puberty. Starship yeah. Troopers. Yep. It's your fault.
0: <laughs> it wouldn't have happened without Starship Troopers. Yeah, no,
1: I would have just been a little angelic boy, still, still a
0: little... <laughs> just singing uh, "Ave Maria" in the chorus. Yep,
1: yeah, going to church every week. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Paul Verhoeven. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Is he still alive?
1: Yeah, he just directed a oh um, a, a super crazy film. I oh god, what's it called? I, it was supposedly very good. Because
0: um, that's what I like. I heard. I remember. <laughs> Mike ran into him, or someone ran into him, somewhere, and they wanted to mention uh, our our first episode is RoboCop,
1: Mm.
0: but they couldn't mention it to him because I'm a little bit critical of RoboCop. Oh, really? Which I'm right, but I love RoboCop. Look, it's a fun movie, but doesn't there's lots of things. Listen, listen to episode one of Ideal Remake. Um, he just (laughs) he's the writer for a movie called RoboCop Returns, which is currently in development and he's director for something called Eternal but i'm be- betting the one you're thinking
1: of is called Benedetta no that's the one that just got announced recently or L L that was the one that had a a lot of awards buzz probably although it came out in 2016 so yeah but it was swedish film or uh swedish is he swedish and then Benedetta is his new erotic thriller that they just announced like 2 days ago
0: how many shower scenes do you think will be in that one several probably several. L a successful businesswoman gets caught up in a game of cat and mouse as she tracks down the unknown man who raped her I'm
1: sad that I took that voice when I was just when I was reading that synopsis Yeah you got to you got to be careful with Paul <laughs> Verhoeven He doesn't go everything he does is very serious like even Showgirls is Paul Verhoeven did Showgirls Yes yeah, that's him Oh no So it's so over the top insane but it, it takes itself so seriously Yeah I get that if any of them though don't, it's Starship Troopers. Right, and it's the, it's uh, and it has that bit of satire to it. That yeah, it I mean he builds off he starts with that satire in RoboCop as well. Like he deals with uh, totalitarianism or fascism right. and, or whatever it is.
0: And then plus there's the whole the I'd buy that for a dollar. Whatever the name of that TV show is.
1: <laughs> is that on the, is that in Starship Troopers? Is that no,
0: it? no, no, that's RoboCop.
1: Oh, I don't recall. In that RoboCop, but...
0: there's that TV show they watch. It's like the, the weird sitcom they watch. It's this crazy guy with mustache and. Someone walks in with the thing and he goes, I'd buy that for a dollar.
1: Don't recall that at all. Great. You're wow. doing great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to watch RoboCop. No, 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 it's fine.
0: What would you say is the big, uh, is the frat house line of Starship Troopers? Like the quotable line of Starship Troopers? Oh man. Quotable line. Cause that's the thing. Like I'm thinking about it and there aren't really any.
1: Just like no, it's, it's citizenship all... through service. Yeah. Do you want to know more? That's do you like, want to know more? That's like brain bug. Uh, when Neil Patrick Harris tells the ferret to go bug mom, I don't know. There's no. There's no yeah. like remem- memorable line that. It's not a. It's not a modern action movie with the the the
0: taglines or anything. Yeah, they
1: don't do any one liners. One liners, right? thank you. Like even when he throws the grenade in the back of that big bug, which is a really cool action. Yeah. Scene, and it just explodes. I don't think he says a thing.
0: I don't think so. I remember as we were watching that, I was like. Dude, this bug's shaking around, you're gonna fall off. And then as I say that, he falls and grabs, like, the, the gunshot hole he shot in the bug's back.
1: <laughs> Orange water just splurged. Which
0: again. was the exact same color as, like, the, uh, the napalm goo it was spitting out. So I was like, is this also napalm? Is it made out of napalm goo? I don't think I so. Mean, he would have burned his hand. That's the thing. So, but it was the same color and I got confused. That's my number one note about Starship Troopers: the guts of the bug matched its nap napalm napalm goo. I can't say it. it's hard to say.
1: <laughs> napalm goo guts of the bug napalm goo. Yeah, that, what did I say? Pug? Sure. I think I said pug in there. But like I like it. I like God.
0: it. <laughs> so you remember, like, so, so this is just like a movie that you
1: go back to. Yeah, I find it, it's one. Of, it's one of those movies that's like a cult classic to me. Mm-hmm. It's I don't. I don't love it. But I enjoyed it a lot. And I, I enjoy certain aspects of it to a, a much larger <laughs> degree. The, not the nudity. I love the satire so sure. much. I think it's like a really smart anti-war film that also is a cool sci-fi action movie. Which It's strange how it balances that.
0: Yeah, and I didn't know that going in. Zach was telling me that apparently this is based off of a very real book yes. that's pro-fascism. And Paul Verho- like they were looking to make that movie. And Paul Verhoeven was like, I'll make that movie. Mm-hmm. And then just satirized the hell out of it. Which is my favorite fact about this or any movie. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think that should happen
1: more. I totally respect the source material, he said, laughing to himself. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah,
0: uh, full marks. And it's almost like making fun of fascism is still relevant today. Who knew?
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't have thought. Uh, well. Which is actually a big part of uh, my pitch that I worked on for this. Yeah. The fascism aspect.
0: So... You, for this movie you went through and you created like a complete reboot like a page one reboot of Starship Troopers just like but holding on to that original concept
1: yeah cause I'm a, I'm a writer myself so like I can't help I don't want to just every time I, I take a movie uh, for a rewrite or a remake concept in my mind I want to really do a full overhaul and like flesh out the things that I love the most about it uh-huh. and just expound on those ideas as much as I can like I've I've done this just as an exercise for various <laughs> other, other like, B-horror movies. Good. Love it.
0: So then, before we get into that, what would you say is the core essence of this movie? What is the thing that makes Starship Troopers Starship Troopers?
1: I think it's that, that war satire. That a satire. Oh, that working satire. for that government that's, like, controlling you and pushing you in a direction that you don't want to go. Forcing you to fight. Um, just so that you could, like, live your normal life. To them, it's kill anything that threatens that horrible way of life. It's like that weird circle mm-hmm. that they're trapped in. They're fighting for a system that sucks mm-hmm. so they can keep the system alive. I kept waiting
0: for uh, the Ender's Game-style twist where th- they alluded to it a little bit in the movie where they talk about how some say that the-, the bugs don't even want to attack us. It's just because we invaded their territory and they're just trying to keep us away. Yeah. And I kept waiting for like the Ender's Game-style twist of like the brain bug comes in and goes, please stop killing us. That's what I put in my... Oh, good. Yeah. Love it. Oh, then I guess I should let you get to it, It's, huh? it's
1: actually it's something they bring up in the third movie.
0: Is it? Yeah. Much, wait, 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 I didn't know there were Starship
1: Trooper sequels. There are four movies.
0: There are four Starship Troopers? What so... is this, Police Academy?
1: <laughs> well, they're, they're all like weird... The second one was like a low-budget straight-to-DVD. I never saw it. It had none of the original cast, anything like that. And the third one came out when I was in college, and they brought back Casper Van Dien.
0: Well, he wasn't doing anything.
1: Yeah, I, Or I think maybe I'm combining the third and the fourth. Maybe there is no fourth because uh, one of them's cgi as well it's is the like, traitor of mars and that might be the third one i don't know but they reveal in that movie that his planet uh, buenos aires is where he's from right in yeah the, in the movie they reveal that the government is the one who destroyed buenos aires
0: oh okay.
1: and that's something that i included in my pitch as well because i wanted to like i think that's a great detail that would have been awesome in the first movie absolutely uh but it's the it's very v for vendetta yeah exactly which is another great anti-fascism movie.
0: Yes. <laughs> and another movie that I don't know if I can ever do as an episode because that movie's got to be impossible to remake.
1: I wouldn't want to see it no, I mean, right
0: now anyway. It's yeah. too, too soon, I think. And also I watched that movie and I don't enjoy it as much anymore because I'm like, it's too real. Yeah. The things they're saying are real things that are being said. All those movies get harder a lot.
1: Equilibrium, have you ever seen that? Uh, is that the... Christian Bale.
0: Yeah, where he has to save the dog.
1: <laughs> He doesn't have to save the dog, but that's he his first like emotional moment. He saves the puppy. Yeah, He kills a bunch of guys in that weird action scene.
0: Where he's doing the guns in like different directions. Yeah, it's their
1: gun dance. I forget what it's called.
0: It's less a dance, more a flail of his arms, because his body doesn't move. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a dance. It's like the robot, but with guns. I'll give that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that sort of thing. I think there are four Starship Troopers. It might
1: just be three. Uh, yeah. I would check.
0: I could look it up, but I won't. All right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what take take me through your your world of Starship Troopers. All right, I wonder your uh, nouveau
1: Starship Troopers. I wonder how to begin here. How do you, how do you want me to start this off? I uh... I would like to know more. Click. <laughs> Perfect. Set up. Hit it. Didn't even think it was going to go that way, but I'm glad it did. <laughs> uh, so when I was thinking about this uh, rewrite or remake, uh, I wanted to stick. Uh, I wanted my main theme to be essentially xenophobia. Because uh, the first movie sort of has that in that very literal sense. They're afraid of these aliens that are going to mm-hmm. kill them all. Um, so I wanted a super diverse cast. Uh, no straight, white, male leads. But there I wanted to add somebody in who was like that all-American boy. Good, great. Like that Casper Van Dien. But yeah. I wanted him to become a psychopath. And at first I was like, I was thinking about Channing Tatum for this. And I was like,
0: mm-hmm. eh. Yeah.
1: It was, People a, would expect that of him. <laughs> exactly. So I went with Jesse Plemons. Ooh, Jesse Plemons. I'm looking this up because I want to know who you're talking he about. He was just in Game Night and he was phenomenal. And he's a very, very awesome actor. Um, and I thought it would be great to see him as like this sort of... He's not the main character. He's one of the supporting characters. But I want to start with him because he's that He's that he, focal point for our audience. He's He's somebody that's so stuck into this world of like fighting for the state. Fighting. I'm surprised you went with someone like Jesse Plemons instead of, like, a CW actor. Why a CW actor? Because they're, like, the—I the, the,
0: see that—I say that as, like, a uh, a stereotype of, like, the pretty person who's, like, the good-looking lead person. Oh,
1: he's—he he loses weight on and off for roles and stuff. He could. Uh,
0: oh, okay, all right. I can kind of see it. Like, he was—I'm he. I'm looking at his IMDb Pro, and he's just making a face as his main picture, and I'm like, okay— yeah.
1: I didn't want, like, a pretty boy. I wanted uh, an all-American. But, like, he's oh, half... He, he, okay. he could play, like, that half-redneck. I well, got not, that. Like, not full-on redneck, but, he, you know, he's a little demented. Not he plays Psycho Not full-on Jake well. Busey? Yeah, not full-on Jake Busey. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Jake Busey's gonna hear this, and he's gonna find us.
0: I thought Jake... Jake Busey's he's great in it. this movie was, like, one of those I'm
1: like, all right, here's gonna be this guy.
0: But he's legitimately, I think, the best actor in the entire
1: movie. Uh, yeah. Him and... Who's their uh, drill instructor? I love that guy.
0: Oh, um, the guy from Clancy, Clancy Brown. Clancy. Is it Clancy Brown? Yeah, yeah, Clancy Brown.
1: Right? Or am I mixing Clancy... Clancy it's... Brown. Okay, yeah. So Clancy Brown. I love him. He's a great, great voice actor.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, he's great and he's amazing and his son plays Magic the
1: Gathering and it's just a general... I play Magic the Gathering.
0: And I play Magic the Gathering.
1: Oh, no. know. We can... Well, the reason
0: why I mentioned it is because I played Magic with his son and so I've met Clancy Brown when he came to pick up his son from playing Magic.
1: <laughs> oh. That's awesome.
0: Isn't it? <laughs> but continue.
1: Oh, yeah. All right. So Jesse Plemons here is our like Jake love.
0: Busey's great. We respect the hell out of you. Yes.
1: Your father terrifies us, though. Yeah. Uh, so Plemons <laughs> is like, uh, he's somebody we're going to we meet in the second act. I started with him on this because I wanted him to be the replacement for the Casper Van Dien. Sure. But my lead in this is somebody like, probably I probably need to get somebody younger, but the only person I can think of now is like Riz Ahmed who very much should be a leading man right now, but he isn't. I'm going to name a lot of people that you're going to have to look up because I'm such yes. a movie nerd. Uh, I love Riz Ahmed. He's fantastic. And I wanted this, like, diverse cast of people with different backgrounds. He's British Good, and Pakistani. Uh, At the same time? he's Well, yeah. I'm... <laughs> it's like how I'm uh, Italian and stupid. You know, I'm two, two in one. <laughs> two things. <laughs> Multiple. Th- I have no idea what I am. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, let me uh, let me see if I can break this down in a more efficient way. Yeah,
0: take us take us through the plot, less so the the casting.
1: Okay, so the opening plot is a little bit, or the opening of the re- <laughs> the remake is a little bit like Stripes, uh, in the sense that like it's a th- some thirty year olds who are like down on their luck. Uh, they don't know where they're going in life. They're just living in the society, and they can't do anything unless they you know sign up and serve.
0: Because only because in your, in the movie as it is now they say service is the quickest path to citizenship though it's not the only one. In your movie, are you saying service is
1: the only path to citizenship unless you're rich? Oh, I didn't get into it, but that's something I would like to add if I was fleshing it out more. Great, like, that would be a detail. Yeah, that exit that. Fits <laughs> Either
0: in. you're born into citizenship because you're wealthy, or you gain citizenship through service if you're poor. Yeah, it's, so that's the haves and have-nots. It
1: I yeah essentially they're they're people they're like somebody like me or every other young thirty something that I know who's just buried in student debt uh they're we're working our ass off to yep. like make a life, but there's nothing that nothing that'll get us there, <laughs> but we're seeing like these commercials. I almost signed up for the air Force when I was a kid because I didn't know where I was going in life, and I was thinking about that when writing this, and it made me think of stripes, but it's like, hey, maybe it'll give me some direction, but really I'm just going off and killing people
0: right yvonneage oh yeah
1: okay oh. No Simpsons references for you? Okay. Oh, I know the Simpsons, but not that well.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a, they had a whole uh, kind of uh, Justin the Pussycat style episode where the military is hiding join the military messages in uh, pop songs. All right,
1: that sounds familiar.
0: And join the Navy backwards is Yvonne Net And so that was their make up crazy lyric, uh, like mbop or whatever it was for the Bart's boy band. Okay, that
1: sounds familiar. Yeah. But not that familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that that's where they're at they're, they're these people that are just going through life and they don't know what the hell to do so they sign up great initially i was thinking they just straight up sign up and then their country was destroyed which is just going to be or their section of the country i'm the the whole world's going to be under like this weird federation in mine whereas it was just north america in the first one north america is just like the or in south america combined into like one continent they don't really get into the specifics yeah what's going on in the world so i'm just making the whole planet just like this whole federation thing great they call themselves yeah uh and i'm gonna have i'm i'm thinking it's better if they sign up because their country is destroyed or their city so you're fridging their country yeah fridging
0: yeah the the term fridging is a concept sorry (laughs) the term fridging is a concept for like the lead male in a movie or a TV show or a comic book is motivated by the death of their significant other. Oh,
1: right. Okay, I didn't realize Fridging was the term for that. Yeah. Like Deadpool 2. Exactly like Deadpool Spoilers, 2. Spoilers, everyone.
0: Yeah. dead People who say Deadpool 2 is as good as Deadpool 1, you're wrong. Here's why. Yeah, I... I enjoyed Deadpool 2, but it's not as good as Deadpool 1 because Deadpool 1 plays with those tropes and Deadpool 2 lives in them.
1: Yeah, and also just... Repeats a lot of the same yeah. jokes, but in a fun. Well, it's still a fun movie. It would have been it
0: would have been a lot better if Deadpool wasn't the only one saying those jokes, and they actually let some of the other characters have them. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens when your lead actor is also the, one of the executive producers. Whoa, Are
1: you burning Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, <laughs> God, I'm gonna send this to him, calling him out. <laughs> hey, let the obnoxious kid say a joke. All right, shall I try to yes, get please. through this? So, you, so you're fridging Buenos Aires. <laughs> Yeah, or, and it's going to be like New York, though, in this. It's oh. Something like that, or LA. Just one of the, like, the big cities that's more relatable now to Americans. You think uh, Americans. New
0: York is the Buenos Aires of
1: 2018? I think, <laughs> I think we live in a society now <laughs> where we live in big cities in America, and we think about uh, where America's going and where the future is because mm-hmm. of who our president is and stuff like that. So the reason I'm setting it in one of those cities is because it ties into the theme that I'll be growing on, which is xenophobia here, which is something that I love it. Trump knows well. So basically I'm going <laughs> to I'm, I'm gonna have them lose their city, sign up. Uh, first half will be like going through basic just to, in the movie, but we're going to be like seeing those commercials, but m- with more of a MAGA hat ah, slap to that. Okay. That's why I, I wanted to um, update the cast and make everything diverse and just do a, a total overhaul of the anti-fascism stuff. Because we live in that kind of iffy place right now. Yeah. Where everything kind of on the edge. Yeah. And our president's, you know, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah. He's a fucking jackass. And he does horrible things. And he's his whole platform was xenophobia. That's how he won the election. Yep. So I think xenophobia is such a huge, huge part of Starship Troopers. Why not update it to a Trump POV? And I want those commercials to be that... POV that right and, like do you want to know more those that mm-hmm. guys just the only difference between the previous movie and this one would be we just do a couple more that take it even further great and they're clearly wearing you know red hats or whatever
0: just put them in like the, super the, put, on the like nose. the
1: actual helmets are red yeah just totally on the nose maybe like they're, they're something like they're in the 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 maga force which stands for something oh, else like the no. mighty army gigantic exa- <laughs> i don't know something stupid Uh, so they sign up, they go through BASIC, they're in this sort of, uh, it's just like the first movie, because BASIC is so intense, they, like, treat it like a game. Mm -hmm. Jesse Plemons is our psychopath, Casper Van Dien character, like, he's there to win, he's there to be the best. That's right! Where everybody else is just, like, sort of questioning it all, and where they are. Um, Well, in the first movie, everyone was very
0: enthusiastic to be be there. Everyone was excited to join. Yeah, they wanted to kill some bums. Yeah, the only people who thought it was a bad idea were his wealthy parents,
1: who knew better. And that's why they got killed. Yes. By the meteor. By the meteor. let <laughs> well, so here, I don't want really anyone to be excited about it, except for, like, a few crazy white people.
0: So you want people to be aware of the fact that they're doing this because it is their only method of advancement?
1: And that, like, they have nowhere to go now. Their city's destroyed. But I want them to... I... It's like they're on the brink of well, feeling like this. something's wrong with society. For your rewrite
0: of Starship Troopers, it's a parody of fascism, fascism, sure, but is it still a satire?
1: Uh, no, not so much.
0: Okay, that's an important
1: distinction. It's a very uh, dark, <laughs> dark action movie. That like the set, I, I don't even know if I could call it an action movie because the second half, when I get to it, it's not going to be. It's just. Horror. It's a little bit, yeah. Because my goal, So once they get out of basic, I was thinking of introduce. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe it's some sort of drug, something that they are they are continually given this sort of supplement. Uh-huh. So then they get shipped off for war, which I think actually the meteor has to happen then because that's the reason.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why everyone's war. all of a sudden enthusiastic. That's what makes uh, Rico like, yeah,
1: yeah. I care about this now because I've got nowhere else to go. So Scratch doing it earlier, like I said. They do it now and it's like, war's official. The government, everybody signed on. We're going to war. War were declared. They have their supplements or whatever that they have to take all the time to like prep for space travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to make that some sort of uh, hallucinogen that makes them see the bugs. Because oh, we're going to land Interesting. our main characters are going to lose their supply of it. This group of, like, five soldiers somehow. I'm thinking I'll have one of them, like, kind of know and, like, destroy the supply. They're going to land on this planet. People are going to load off the ships. We're going to see from the regular soldiers POV, it's, like, Saving Private Ryan. The very opening, they're just blowing up these aliens. They're shooting everybody. And then our heroes step off their ship, and they're seeing innocent people getting slaughtered.
0: So uh, would it be... The same army landed in two places slaughtering each other because they see each other as bugs? Or is it just a complete... No. Unrelated... Is it... Are they humans or is it an alien species? The
1: bugs are just humans. It's a colony of people that, like, left Earth to be free from this uh, government. And now the government wants to destroy them.
0: Oh, that's intense. Yeah, I'm going for, like,
1: that super dark twist, which it's, like... I know it has that little bit of an avatar thing where you land on a planet and you got to save the planet. Well, you have to get but, the unobtainium. Yeah. If they don't get the unobtainium, unobtainium they won't be alone. to. What would even it. happen? <laughs> but yeah, I just want that horror... Like, I want them to That's step up cool and just... a idea. Suddenly, everything they know, they're just seeing... There's no bugs. It's just, like, made... Mm-hmm. Like, they'll even be a joke, maybe, to the previous one. Like, it's all just CGI, man. And <laughs> it's like... But they, they're just... They're blown away that they're killing people. But the one... White guy there with the little... He's
0: still into it. Yeah, he's like, screw it. Yeah. The
1: government says, let's kill him, let's kill
0: him. So you want to see, like, we're at a point where technology has advanced so much that we are a space-faring race, and we have colonized other worlds. Yeah. And the core super uh, nationalist planet, Earth, which is still like, we're never going up there because you all are crazy, uh, has, like, even more intensified, and so we're going off to kill... The
1: the people who got away, the people who got away, and started their own. Co- it's like the and original who, who Americans are succeeding. Yeah,
0: theoretically, like theoretically, like we are never admit to this, but we're jealous of their success, so we need to go put them down. They're just because their ideas are spreading here, and all of a sudden, the the way that these people are living their lives, everyone on Earth is like, well, that sounds pretty good. We'd like to live like that.
1: It's a little bit like Serenity if you've seen or Firefly in general. Yeah. Just how that court that government wanted to fight the outlying planets because they weren't part of the government. Right. And it's essentially that but that's they're a good u- comparison. Using like this huge amount of propaganda to make it seem like they're actually vicious alien monsters that are gonna kill them.
0: What would you call your drug? Oh, I don't know. Because I feel like that's going to be the Take
1: Optimium. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, but I, but I feel like that would be the 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 shirt, the slogan, the poster. It's uh have you have you, you Have taken... you had your
1: supplement of <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's good. I'd have to think about that. I mean, you could of... I mean,
0: you could just call it dose. Have you had your dose today? Oh. And just a bottle called dose. That's pretty good. And it's uh you could just make the D O S E some sort of acronym just cuz people do that.
1: Yeah. It's good. It's because I was thinking about movies, and you're you're hit you're hitting the nail on the head with calling it the dose stuff. I was thinking about, and I brought them up. Equilibrium. I was thinking about Firefly. <laughs> I was thinking about like all these other great movies that deal with that anti-fascism fever vendetta, which we brought up earlier. RoboCop. And I just wanted to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh,
0: delirium obfuscating sight enhancer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty good. Dose for anyone that that's right didn't get that acronym being spelled out. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a cool addition to that. That helps flush out my pitch some more. <laughs> and that's pretty pretty much it. Then they have to decide to help. Like, are they gonna? Help? So and then it goes in that standard sort yeah. of rebellion thing. Sure, it's
0: less people against uh, the the unknown enemy and more people against ourselves. Yes, I can see that. That's certainly very uh, now. Because I always like taking these movies and like seeing what was inspirational to them at the time and comparing it to what would be inspirational for them now. I mean, take something like our episode three, which is Demolition Man, where the villain is a scary black guy because it came out
1: in 1993. <laughs> that, uh, God, I would love to get on that one because Demolition Man, every time I watch that, that's an amazing script. Yeah. The dialogue is funny. The the thought, there's so much in there that's funny mm-hmm. that's produced so horribly. Like even the seashell thing <laughs> is such a dumb joke that's just it's brushed over, and, but it's so good <laughs> there's so much about that uh, yeah, that movie in general that's another one though that has the underground yeah. people fighting against the government I mean basically, and i don't I don't want to like I don't want to go into um that standard terrain of like now we're turning on them, uh, but I want it to have that sort of moral dilemma, and my change to your truth. pitch would be, I feel like you're
0: um, your act one is a comedy, your act two is horror, and your act three is thriller adventure. Mm-hmm. Or, like, espionage thriller, because they're trying to take down the government. Because I feel like, especially if it's Starship Troopers and it kind of has that world behind it, you have to come in with that knowledge of, ha-ha, everything's fun, we're doing these things, we're off to go kill the bugs, because that's the world we live in, ha-ha!
1: Oh, that's why, yeah, that's why I want to keep those commercials in, too, because I want, those first few commercials in the movie are hilarious.
0: I think so. Like, and the I think kid's gotta... like, can I hold the gun?
1: And it's it makes you laugh. I want to take those to the next. And then they're like all oh, these kids stomping on bugs, and this like teacher behind them maniacally laughing. Yeah, that was terrifying. it. And I want to keep keep making it terrifying. Keep pointing out like the horrors we're going through now. Like I wanted one of the commercials in here, which might be a little too dark, is like literally one of the kids has the gun. He's like shooting his neighbors. Like, are you doing your part? It's like, yeah, get off my property. And it's like they're just doing horrible <laughs> things. And but the first ones will be funny. And then once we hit the. Act 2 twist that you makes it You put on dark. the They
0: Live glasses. Yes.
1: And you see, like, the horrible, horrible truth. Got getting it. Getting worse and worse. That's
0: that's intense. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so then, since we're creating this movie, I gotta ask, do they win?
1: Yeah, I, uh, that's a good call. I think they have to because I love happy endings. Okay. I can't help it. Uh, no matter how dark I write, I want that optimism. I okay. want to know that the world's going to be a better place. <laughs> but it's tough. Like, I ju- I chose um, a director for this. Was I supposed to choose a director?
0: Yeah, writer, director, the whole thing. Oh, I mean, yeah, I broke presumably that Presumably, because you came up with this whole pitch, the writer would be you. Yeah, here. I
1: actually wrote that. Me as self-promotion, me as the writer. Yeah, <laughs> and...
0: I, I I picked a director, too, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But the um, so But the reason why I ask is, because you can kind of take this both ways of... You could see, you can have a happy ending, and it could be a legitimate happy ending. You could have a sad ending, and it could be a legitimate sad ending. Mm-hmm. Or you could have the happy ending that is, ma- or you could have the sad ending that's masquerading as a happy ending. Like, um, do you watch Rick and Morty? Yes. Did you see the episode uh, where it's the Citadel of Rick's and it's all the little mini stories? Yeah. And it's the happy ending where the Rick thinks he's finally succeeded, that he finally took down the uh, the factory where they were making the way Yeah, but waivers. he's inside. That's Brazil. Yeah.
1: It's it's total Brazil moment,
0: right? So, but you, so you could also do the Brazil moment where they think they win, but all of a sudden now they're subjects of a they're they're the they're the test subjects for a new drug,
1: right? Oh, that's dark. I don't know if I want to go that dark. after keeping everything so heavy. Well, I want to take a load off the audience's shoulders. Well, you,
0: well, the nice thing about the way you're doing it is that you can have the dark heaviness, and then you have the light commercial, <laughs> just. Like the full setting a a sad movie at Christmas or like cut to it's a, not that sad.
1: Cut to a class where like the teachers just, just explaining yeah. that these guys were monsters as well trying to take down the government and, lost. and that's why bit. we don't turn on our own.
0: It's like all the homeworld gems are afraid of rose quartz. <laughs> it's a Steven Universe <laughs> okay, reference. Okay, yeah,
1: totally over my head that one. It's a
0: it's a good reference though. Everyone should watch this show. Everyone should start watching this show at the end of season one. <laughs>
1: Are you getting paid by Steven Universe? No, it's just a good show, and I want to talk about it with more people. Do a Steven Universe podcast.
0: can't. It's not a movie. got to follow my own rules. I mean... I'm not remaking it. All right.
1: I'm just saying... Oh, you you mean a separate podcast? Yeah, just where you can talk about it. Oh. Yeah. Oh.
0: I don't care that much. This is enough work as it is. (laughs) All right. Just slyly reference it in all the other things I do.
1: Brought to you by Steven Universe.
0: That's right. It's just... Do you want to have delight and joy in your life? Us too. (laughs) Watch Steven Universe.
1: That's sad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well. (laughs) Uh, So so tell me about, like, a little bit about the world that you envision this being. Like, how, what style of, what style of science fiction? Is it mock utopia? Is it just uh, more like Soylent Green, where it's, or do you want, like, a full separation of the haves and have-nots? Because it doesn't sound like that's really what you want to play with. And it's not really something that they played with in the first one mm-hmm. of a separation of the have and have-nots. Have it's just we're only paying attention to the have-nots because they're the only ones significant to our story.
1: Right. Uh, I don't want to show too much of the... Like, same as the first. I don't want to get okay. too much into like what's going on in the regular mm-hmm. world besides what they're being programmed to see. In that sort of lay-live sense, they-live sense, Yes. Live. And that you know, and they live, we don't know anything that's going on, we just see the point of view of this poor guy who's like, well, I gotta make ends meet.
0: He the best possible option is our elite.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roddy Piper. Um, hey. But yeah, anyway. I, I show a little bit of it, I think, and it is it is that mock utopia thing. I think it's very much um, our world currently, but with like, I, I want to, I definitely want to mirror it to this world in okay. a, in a in a Black Mirror sense, actually, very literally. But just, we have that space travel, and we have more propaganda. The only thing that's shifted is, like, we're not that much more technologically advanced except those things. Got like, it. Uh, everyday life is kind of similar to ours right now.
0: Uh-huh. But because you're going a lot more drama, let's start, actually, let's get into cast. Because do you want to have it, like, full dramatic actors, or do you want it to be comedic actors who are playing it serious?
1: It's, uh, it's dramatic actors mostly yeah okay
0: well then we're gonna have some different people
1: <laughs> yeah because what i did was
0: my perception of the movie again m- my knowledge of the movie is less than a week old mm-hmm. uh and i saw this movie the first time and what i found compelling about it was that it was it has all of that dark stuff in it but it's hidden behind a mask of the kind of fun movie that we were expecting but behind that fun movie, what well, we were expecting is a fucked up dystopia of a world, a full fascist society. Yeah. And so you have kind of like the teens going, ha ha, our romance is significant, while people are literally dying all around them. You have people getting stabbed, cut in half, horrible things happening to them. And they're willingly diving into this, uh while also making jokes about, like, ah, looks like your girlfriend dumped you. Womp womp. Yeah. So I cast those kind of actors (laughs) that could do that, and but I also did a little bit of the subversion where it's the actors you expect to live, the actors you expect to do really well, and then just killing them right away, or putting a stop to them right away. So the two biggest names that I got, sort of, were for Dijon D the uh, the future politician who ends up falling and shooting uh, Breckenridge, the really, really tall guy in the head. Mm-hmm. Those were my two biggest uh, actors. Because Breckenridge, the really tall guy, the guy is like, I don't know, maybe I just got to figure it out. I made that Liam Hemsworth. Um, because you get a Hemsworth, you mm-hmm. like, hey, he's fun, he's charismatic, he's going to be around for a while. And then he just gets shot in the face. Yeah, those are
1: super small roles in the, in the I movie. I know,
0: that's the idea. And so then, for Dejana D, I had Tia Sarkar. Who do you watch The Good Place? No, um, I don't have another point of reference for her. That's fine.
1: I just, I'm a movie guy. I'm a movie guy.
0: She might have been in movies. I know. I just don't. I'm gonna want to find out.
1: Details, so Liam, not Chris, because you don't want to do Cabin in the Woods on him again. Yeah, no, it's it's too easy,
0: <laughs> and he's busy. Yeah. He's uh, busy. She was a hostess and friends with benefits. Great, great, <laughs> great. Just show me her headshot. Uh, no, don't know her. Cool. Uh... She's an actress of Indian descent. She's great. She's amazing. I would watch a thousand things she's in. And so to have her set up, like, I want to be, like, a politician. I want to, like, I have all these aspirations because I'm using this to get ahead in life. And she kills a dude. And that just, A, wrecks all of her future prospects, but also, like, her as a person. Like, I killed a man. And now that has to weigh on me. And especially with your pitch... If you set that up early of someone kills someone accidentally, like, wow, this is a really intense thing. I feel bad for her. Oh, right, back to our crazy, thi- crazy shenanigans. And then you kind of see what happened to her of, like, the weight of killing someone, hitting her, then hitting everyone else around them when they find out later that they're getting
1: dosed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined it when you said dosed that way, though. <laughs> That's... You had me, and then you went dosed. Dosed. So I then you lost me. Well,
0: we, <laughs> well, you got you gotta. Have you had your dose today, kid? Backwards hat, skateboarding. Sure have, I have Mister. I use dose all the time. It's how I ri- It's how I totally rip shreds.
1: They don't. I, I was gonna set it up as a thing that like they take for like they need it for space travel or something. Uh, okay. Like take your supplement. And you need it for. Okay. It's not like something normal people on the ground take because then know. they'd be seeing. Bugs everywhere. Well,
0: you can have uh, have different kinds of dose, like depending on the court sort of things you're doing. It's how the government maintains control.
1: Yeah, like, blue dose, red. It's Pez. Yeah, comes in little Pez dispensers.
0: It's just little faces. Like it's just it Big Brother is literally the head on the Pez dispenser. Yeah, yeah that's great. Ah, <laughs> little cameras in the Pez dispenser.
1: So, in your, just to circle back, are those your leads? No. So, Okay, that's the, just where you're starting with Captain. So,
0: yeah, I started with those two because they were the biggest two, and then throw them away. Because I cast—I didn't throw any characters—I threw a lot of insignificant characters away. Like, uh, really high listing on the IMDb was uh, Sugar Watkins, who was just the black guy, who I didn't know who it was. And I was, and Captain Del- Deladere, who was the, the flight captain on the ship that um, Brunette Girl goes to.
1: <laughs> Carmen? Sure. Yeah, played by Denise Richards.
0: Yeah, her her character's name is Carmen Ibanez. I don't know Denise Richards' background, but I assume Carmen Ibanez would be a Hispanic character.
1: Well, they're all Hispanic characters.
0: Oh, right, because they're, they're from, from Buenos Aires. Yeah,
1: Johnny Rico, like, uh, yeah. Ibanez, but they're all played by white people. Good point. Yeah, it's a totally whitewashed film.
0: We shouldn't do that.
1: I didn't do that. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I I have some white people, but not a lot of white people. So, for your... Johnny Rico equivalent. So you're going to have,
1: um, say the name of the guy. Jesse Clemens is my Johnny Rico equivalent.
0: Yeah, okay. But he ends up losing his mind and going crazy. Yeah, he's and like... And he ends up not being your actual lead.
1: No, he's definitely the antagonist. Oh, oh in a sense. Yeah. full antagonist. Yeah, he's like... I mean, besides the government, he's the one that's sure. constantly in their way. Because he, he's the one who represents the government point of view. He's on okay. their side totally. He reali- when he realizes that they're killing people, he's like, doesn't matter, it's my job.
0: See, I 30s. see that more as the, the Neil Patrick Harris character. The person who starts on their side and is their friend, but then, like, gets.
1: I totally dropped the whole science thing. Just science is gone. Well, the, the, the weird. Like, we're studying us, them. Some if, of
0: us are psychic for some reason.
1: Yeah. I totally dropped that because it's. Uh, it's dumb. It's odd. Yeah. It doesn't super quite weird. fit in. It's like having to the weird psychic thing in Looper. I. Don't remember the weird psychic thing in Looper, either. The
0: kid, they have to go back and kill the kid because his oh, yeah, psychic yeah, yeah. powers
1: are more that's than everyone else. Psychic powers, that's um
0: I guess is it is it? psychic, it's psychic powers.
1: powers. I always think mind reading when I hear psychic. Em- Emily Blunt is sitting there
0: spinning a uh a, whatchamacallit? Uh a, like a bic lighter. She's just spinning it around because that's the extent of people's psychic powers, except Was it for Zippo? this. Was yeah, a Zippo, thank you. And it's just except for the kid who who's super psychic. And can make weird, crazy storms around him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's dumb. <laughs> Just make him young Hitler or something.
1: That's, I mean, I think that's what they were trying
0: to say. They were, him. but it was young Hitler
1: I, because he was psychic. Listen, I don't critique
0: Ryan Johnson films. I love
1: them. I love The I Last Jedi. I You're love never going to guess who my director is. I love The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson? It's Ryan Johnson. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. Because here's the thing like he takes movies that are. Well, he took he took this He's concept. He subverts tropes well. Yeah, that. Thank you. That's a faster way of saying what I was mm-hmm. going to wind myself around to. But, but yeah, and that's, so that's why I thought he'd be a good director for this. That's
1: what I appreciate about the Last Jedi so much. Last and Jedi that I hate. Brilliant. That I hate wh- about the fans who get so toxic about I it. I know. He takes all of these characters that like you think are going to win, and he makes them lose. And he takes it. Just ah, oh, it's diverse. It's it shows our generation more. It's good at writing. It's a good story, and I'm it mad takes about an it.
0: aspect. And
1: we just a of, lost four hundred thousand listeners that are like, "No, they're Star wrong. Wars, not my Star Wars." There are a
0: lot of people who don't like the um, the casino scene, and I get that. It's it's a different tone than yeah. what they're used to in Star Wars, but at the same time, you're also seeing the background and the elite of the Star Wars universe when we have spent the entirety of our time with the downtrodden. Yeah, I
1: love it. We have to see that. It, it, it show it's. It's the first rich planet we've ever yeah. had. And it's cool. It's right. different. And you learn so much from Benicio Del Toro's character when he's walking mm-hmm. you through sales. I think that was great. It's amazing. It took away the good versus evil aspect that everybody yes. pines for. Yeah. So.
0: I love The Last Jedi. It's amazing. And it's perfect.
1: Yes. Sorry to get you back on Starship Troopers, a different but space yes. movie. But
0: but because of all that, that's why I think Ryan Johnson would be a good director for this. Because he sees and recognizes... It's not always black and white. It's not always good versus evil. But there are villains. Mm-hmm. There is a government trying to maintain their hold on power because they're not as populous. It's a one percent versus a ninety nine percent. And the reason why the ninety nine percent is able to stay in power is because they manipulate, or the one percent is able to stay in power is because they manipulate the ninety nine percent.
1: Yeah, that ties in very much directly. Yeah, to mine. yeah, that's
0: that, that, that's that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, that yes, is <laughs> yours.
1: <laughs> uh. I thought that you were saying that was yours too.
0: I'm u- I'm using yours to justify why <laughs> Ryan Johnson is the is a good director choice. For yours. In general, oh, for okay. this, for <laughs> for a remake of Starship Troopers. Yeah. Cuz the way the podcast works is we end up with like a blend of both. But, got it. Uh again, we're jumping around. So, if your Johnny Rico, uh Jesse Plemons is starts as
1: your protagonist and becomes your antagonist. He doesn't. He doesn't start as a protagonist, but he is that point of view that seems sure. like the
0: yeah. he seems like subverting expectations. Everything. Yes. So who do you have who who does become your protagonist? Like who are we following?
1: Riz Ahmed's character.
0: Right, Riz Ahmed. But wh- uh, who is he? Do- what is he in the story? Is he the? Because he's probably not the leader of the troop. The troop.
1: The, yeah. No. He's <laughs> the he's the just troopers, one of the soldiers in who's the starship. There. He's one of these poor soldiers that signed up because he had to 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 like make ends meet. I didn't give a I didn't think up a specific reason why, but I'm assuming it's debt and just getting out of debt like helping his family or something.
0: So in your original group of 4 or 5 or whoever people who sign up, were both Jesse Clemens and Riz Ahmed there? Yes. So they are ori- initially friends. So we are set up with both of them?
1: Yeah, we're set up uh the t- um it's the main three are Riz Ahmed, Nassim Padrad, and uh Jesse Clemens because cool. I wanted comedic actors. Three too,
0: def- yeah. definitely three dudes.
1: No, Nassim... I don't know who that is Saturday <laughs> Night Live Nassim uh-huh she's that's not uh, a movie super talented I'm sure she's <laughs> great <laughs> alright well yeah so she it's like it's, but, these but, are our three good character.
0: thank you for shutting me down because I did not know who that was
1: <laughs> yeah no problem
0: that's awesome uh,
1: and then uh, they oh I'm sorry I mixed that up Jessica Alba not Nassim Bajrab Nassim they meet in boot camp so Jessica Alba Jessica my, Alba yeah I'm bringing in Jessica Alba why because she's my Denise Richards replacement Okay. And I wanted to twist around that, because you know how Denise Richards is just played as the hot girl the whole time. Right. Jessica Alba is also, her career is known as the hot girl, and I don't think that's fair, because I think she actually is very talented and Mm -hmm. doesn't get those opportunities. So I wanted to cast her in that role and then twist it up, so that by the end, it's not just like, oh, it's not just the hot girl. It's, you know.
0: Well, one of the things that the original Starship Troopers did very well was they did kind of subvert that and play with gender roles. I mean, the first... The first person that you see speak in this movie is a woman of color. Mm -hmm. Like, that's very much the essence of Starship Troopers. Like, even though this came out in 1997, over 20 years ago, the first three people that speak are a woman of color, a white dude, and then a black guy. We never see any of those people again, but those are the first three people we see. And even when we're in the shower scene, it's a very... I mean, you see boobs and butts, but you don't... uh, (laughs) <laughs> but and so it's still kind of got the ugly aspect but when uh johnny rico is being like shamed into leaving one of the ladies definitely slaps him on the ass as he's leaving which is kind of funny
1: oh i didn't see that i didn't remember that
0: yeah it definitely happens i remember laughing at it because <laughs> i was like ha! they did a thing um and the leader of the football team was the was the dizzy flores character where like it she is the the captain of the team yeah She's the quarterback. And aside from the fact that in the military, with the exception of uh, Captain Deladere over on the spaceship, on the ground in Rico's team, it's all dudes. Except for this other captain over here, mostly. And so it's... And then the person who's able to beat up Clancy Brown is, again, Dizzy Flores, the lady. Which is good. And so I thought that that was something that Starship Troopers did well. Yeah, she's a badass character. Yeah. For sure. Except for the fact that she's... Like crazy, fatal attraction. The only reason she signed up was to follow him, Yeah. (laughs) which is not cool. No, but fine. I mean, the only reason he signed up was to follow uh, uh, Denise Richards.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't harshly critique like the sexism or you know dated aspects of the story. I just want to, in my version, change those. Right, good. Just make them better. I agree. I'm just trying to compliment the movie on the things that it did very well, which, oh, we were,
0: which I wasn't expecting from a movie from this era of this caliber. Because it was good for that reason, and I think it deserves credit for it. Uh, so you have, those are your four, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, well, Riz, Alba, and Plemons. Yeah, right. Those are my main That's three. great. That's fun. And then in boot camp, they'd meet uh, my other two of the, the five, are Nassim Pedrad and Michael Pena.
0: Oh, Michael is great.
1: Yeah, because I wanted those—they're both also very good at deadpan comedy. Absolutely. And for that first act, they're, like, the light—they're the comedy people who are like, yeah, we're gonna kill some bugs, and then when reality hits Mm -hmm. them, they're never funny again. Our casts are wildly different just because
0: you cast people who are adults who would have to make these kind of hard decisions— and I wasn't with the original casting, and I went through and I cast a lot of kids. Well,
1: to be fair, they're all adults in the original. They're oh, definitely in their thirties. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like I, it made me a little bit sad that we don't have kind of like a nine hundred two one zero Dawson's Creek style of casting anymore because I could just <laughs> oh these people.
1: Yeah, I, well, that's why I made the Molders, Actually, <laughs> I couldn't think of. Younger people that were diverse Smart and, Yeah and
0: I always make my life harder that way I don't
1: watch enough TV To like keep up on the young casts, So it's I have to I've go. got
0: someone for all of them
1: though So oh, I'm gonna go through it at some
0: point But Keep going through uh, your cast and tell That's me it That's them. all
1: I got You uh, didn't
0: Did you have the drill sergeant Did you have
1: no, because I, I I I didn't add because I broke this down from a point of view of rewriting it. Uh-huh. I didn't deal with characters that were in the movie that were supporting yet. And okay. when I write, I just create the protagonists Got and it, the, okay. then the supporting cast, and then any other other characters that I need, I add them as I go and then flesh them out afterwards. Got it. Okay, sure. So that I sort of outlined, which unfortunately made me lose a lot of stuff that. It's fine, you know, with like the drill instructor and stuff like that.
0: Well, and, especially because it's a very. T- tropey thing of movies of that era. I had the hardest time with uh, the the drill instructor, like because Clancy Brown's what? He could still 30s, do it. 40s. That's the thing. The two people I thought for the uh, for the role were Michael Rooker and Keith David. Oh, and Michael Rooker, and they're 62 and 63. And Keith David, and they'd both be great. But then I'm like, yeah, they're the same age as Clancy Brown now. There's no reason Clancy Brown can't
1: do it in that case. But, uh, Keith David does. Is this a funny drill instructor? Because Keith David does comedy so well. He doesn't get he enough does. opportunity he, to do it. He, I know. Community he's went amazing. Season six of Community, or he's was so it five good. or six? He just nailed it. And yeah. You, and then he does some Rick and so. Morty VO. Yeah.
0: And he's in a bunch of stuff, and he's always great. And They full live. To him. Yeah. We did They Live for this podcast. Oh, no way. Yeah. I That was a fun episode because that was a movie that I went in. Not knowing what to expect and being completely blown away by everything except the acting.
1: Yeah. And the ten minute fight scene. It's too long. It's just because the movie was so short. I know. That they needed to fill it. I know. But also, I love it the more I think about that scene. it's Not to talk about another movie too long. Eh. It's a perfect metaphor for how hard it is to make somebody see from your point of view. And how hard you have to fight and how long it takes. (laughs) And I love that. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. But...
0: Keith David's good in that movie, mm-hmm. and he's good in everything else I've ever seen him, so that's why I was like, he was the best option I could come up with for uh, Sergeant Zen, even though he's twice the age of Clancy Brown when Clancy Brown
1: did the role. Sorry, Clancy Brown doesn't look like he was, you know, 60 for 80 years. That's no, true. Because, like, because his voice just carries that age. He's Mr. Krabs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I barely watched Spongebob, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's... I... That's the one that I think about the most, because I'm assuming that's the one he's made the most money off of. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's good in a lot of other things, too, but... uh, But yeah, so my kind of main five were... For Johnny Rico, I had an actor named uh, Franz Drame, who is Firestorm on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is a TV yeah, show... Not a
1: clue. I know what Legends of Tomorrow is, but I do not know what the actor... And I haven't watched it. CW, it. Yeah. DC... Because
0: I kind of wanted those okay. Uh, kind of CW did uh, just this side of soap opera actors. Okay, I've
1: seen Attack the Block and Edge of Tomorrow. I know him from those. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't realize he was in Edge of Tomorrow. It's been a while since I've seen Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow was amazing. Yeah. Um, And then for Dizzy Flores, the curly-haired one, I
1: picked Bella Thorne. I think I knew who Bella Thorne is.
0: I hadn't been considering her. She was like on Shake It Up or some other Disney things and I actually don't think She's as amazing an actress. But I thought that she was an interesting pull here, specifically because they're from Buenos Aires, so I wanted some Hispanic actors and actresses. And so I found this list of, like, the 30 or 40 best young um, Hispanic actresses. And she was on this list. And I would have never guessed that Bella Thorne was in any way Hispanic, because you look at her and you're like, Oh, she is the whitest of the white. Yeah. But she's just like the a, a, a Disney person. She's in the Duff as well, which I'm assuming is... Uh, it's a movie I own but haven't watched because I'm like, I should... It's supposed to be very good.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I, and it's on my list. It's Maisie Williams, right? No, uh, it's um,
0: um, uh, May... May Whitman? Yes. Yes, and she's also great in everything she's ever done,
1: but I need to watch the movie. And so I thought that, like, she'd be—and so I was like— Are you saying you're using a white-looking Hispanic person to parody the whitewashing of the Hispanic characters in the original? Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> Again, very— Just very more, subtle Just parodying. very succinct, succinct uh, way of that. And then I had uh, an actress named Sierra Ramirez for uh, Carbony Benez. Okay. Who—she's in Girl in Progress. She's in The Fosters. I also had a really hard time with uh, the Jake Busey character. Because he was so good. Jake Busey, if you're listening, we love you. Please come home. (laughs) Uh, So what I ended up going with was another child of a celebrity who just needs an opportunity to prove themselves. Is it
1: Jaden Smith? No. Damn, I was close. It's Wyatt Russell. Oh, no, he's been nailing it. His career's great. Yeah, but I've never heard of him. Really? Yeah. God, he's in so many great things. He is.
0: Why not more? But you didn't know he was I didn't Kurt know. Russell's kid. Right? Oh no, I knew he. Was, I, I found out that he was Kurt Russell's kid, but I wouldn't have known. And Goldie Hawn, right? Oh, sure. Why not? Why I'm pretty know.
1: sure that's their kid together. I, I can't believe remember. you. Okay. I'm sure you're right.
0: <laughs> I didn't know. I'd never heard of him until I was doing research for this, and so. Be, and, but like looking at his IMDb, he's like on 22 Jump Street, and everybody wants him. He has this amazing track record, but he's not as well known yet.
1: That pro- that might change this year. There's this movie coming out called Overlord, which if it does well, I think he's I think he's one of the leads or the co-leads, and it's JJ Abrams produced World War Two, uh, uh, sci-fi yeah. horror action. It's supposed to be like Wolfenstein esque. Ah, uh, okay. So we'll see. Cool. Yeah. And then I did recast uh, the Neil
0: Patrick Harold.
1: Neil Patrick Harold. Uh, the Neil
0: Neil Patrick Harris role as Freddie Highmore. Okay. Who's, like, the kid from Willy Wonka. Just another dweeby other...
1: kid playing a doctor on yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. The Good the good Doctor, right? That's his show? Oh, uh, is he the good doctor? He's the one who has, he has autism and he... Damn it! ...does doctor stuff. I hate that show. I didn't realize
0: that was the same guy. Oh, I'm an idiot. Well, we're cutting that character.
1: <laughs> Can't have well, it. Well, I cut him, too, because I, I, I don't understand...
0: Because the need... psychicness of it is terrible.
1: Yeah, but I also, I don't need somebody I didn't, to like I didn't, break I, down the aliens.
0: I don't like the psychicness. I don't think we need to break down the aliens. But I do think you need someone uh, connected to the government who's kind of like, I, I think you need the person who want, like sees this as a career and less of an opportunity for advancement. Like, not less a means to an end and more, no, this is what I want to spend my life doing.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's still my Jesse Plemons character, but right. he's all of that.
0: Yeah, but, just... but, that, but that was what we talked about when you were doing your pitch of, like, that's kind of the Neil Patrick Harris, like, he's fully on board.
1: Yeah. And like, he, he drank the Kool-Aid, he took his dose, willingly. Yeah, and then, and then he becomes, like, what, Admiral by the end of the movie? Yeah, I don't know. Something, he's wearing the uniform. Like, of Lieutenant a, or something. He's dressed very much like an SS officer in the end of the movie. He's oh, yeah. He's wearing hat and
0: the... Well, that's one of the things they talk about uh, in, like, kind of the the beats for this movie is as they, uh, the, as their ranks go higher and higher, they get more and more
1: dressed like the SS. <laughs> it's something I didn't notice until now. And yeah, that's that's great little anti-fascism filmmaking.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's intense. Uh, but yeah, and then for like, the random other dude that uh, Carmen is interested in, it doesn't matter who gives a shit about that guy <laughs> i cast him i made it darren chris just gonna be like this guy's likable we don't care about him at all
1: yeah he's very unlikable in the original they didn't even get somebody they didn't even try yeah. to make him likable no and it could <laughs> i don't know if that was on purpose or not i don't i couldn't decide that's the immediate way that's how you ruin somebody's an actor's career though if they're that that guy was great in that role yeah playing that horrible despicable asshole that right. you immediately you're like Oh, he's kind of me, but I still hate him. That's what shoehorns actors, when they play that role that well. Yeah. That's what makes them get typecast, and that's what makes them not book anything ever again. It sucks.
0: I mean, to... it kind of worked for Neil Patrick Harris, but he already had his legacy of a child being he was a child like, actor.
1: What brought him back was Harold and Kumar was the first movie. That's... Right,
0: but he's playing that asshole.
1: Yeah. But because it was yeah such an opposite.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was playing off what you were saying of he now plays almost exclusively the obnoxious asshole.
1: Oh well, yeah, but that's
0: because uh he and Kumar.
1: he twisted it and, yeah. made his, and he got he's now in that
0: right, which is fun. But I mean, what other actors can you think of, like off the top of your head, that played that asshole so well that they just kind of got stuck?
1: Oh, uh, uh, William, um, Die Hard, Ghostbusters, Die Hard Two, William. Um, he plays Pecker in Ghostbusters. He plays that asshole in every movie. Oh, and he's so good at it. Uh, yeah. But he couldn't get anything else. No. He, oh, and Real Genius. He's the asshole again. Right. He, uh, God, what is his name? It's William... Uh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, just go to Die Hard. Or Ghostbusters. Great. Atherton. Thank you. William Atherton. So he played that asshole, and then he always played that asshole.
0: Because he was... In,
1: so good at it. That's what he
0: does, and he's really, really good at it. And he has... Other things, but I don't know what any of these are.
1: Yeah, those are like the, you know, those look like they're mostly in production right now, right? This is 2007. Oh, wow. Nothing in production. All right. Nothing wrong with that. He's a great actor. William Atherton.
0: Yeah, he played the role very, very well, he but got stuck he did in it in so it.
1: well that, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, yeah, that's interesting. Neat. But, like, even in Die Hard Again, that, like, the guy who plays douchey 80s guy. Uh-huh. So good. Never saw him in anything again. I don't know his right. name. No you said like how do they people don't know how to cast that guy in something else because now he's always that character yep and like as a society we see them that way it's hard to undislike somebody mm-hmm.
0: and then so finally the only other character I had was kind of the teacher mm-hmm. uh, John Jean, Jean Razak uh, and I gave that to H John Benjamin <laughs>
1: okay All right. <laughs> I see where your tone is now yeah
0: I mean that's kind of the tone where I like I have all these people who are strong either. Like, Full Soap, or the comedic people who can just make fun of the Full Soap. You can even swap them for Christopher
1: Maloney, too. Uh, completely. A, yeah. Just... Or just, or the, the dude from Party Down. Anybody from that squad of what, yeah, American Summer. Right, to, are basically. You thinking Ken Marino? Or... I'm thinking of Ken Marino. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. Although, that said, Ken Marino would actually be a pretty good Sergeant Zim, the Clancy Brown character.
1: That, Yeah. It's a different take on it, for sure, but it'd be hilarious.
0: But that's, that's kind of... Because I saw it more as a comedy, but while all this horribleness is playing in the background...
1: And I did the opposite.
0: Right. Just full front porching all the horribleness. Yes. And that's the thing. Like, how... What, what would be your goal with the Starship Troopers remake? Like, who would you be trying to speak to?
1: Oh, Would uh, you be
0: trying to speak to the, to the audience of Handmaid's Tale... Or would you be trying to speak to the audience of um uh, uh 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 what's the one where the uh the girl goes around it was on MTV and it got canceled but it was the girl who went around killing dudes who sexually assault women uh don't know it was a TV show very successful or or like the ridiculous comedy people but like the drunkestry crowd or the whatever or the or the Patton Oswalt people
1: my audience for this is like late teens early twenties. Uh, toxic masculine bros oh, who go expecting to see a movie got it. that's about bros kicking ass and killing aliens and then just get a wake-up call that kicks them in the pants.
0: So your pitch, or your target audience for this, is very similar to what the Purge movies did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, actually. Which, I, when I finally watched those, I was so surprised. I, right. I didn't want to see them. I saw the trailers. I was like, this is not for me. And then, uh, then I would read about them and I'd go, "Holy shit, this is for me!" Because <laughs> they they try to draw you in with the with the gore and the violence, and so then you they get teach all the people who are like
0: super into the gore and the violence, and, and then, then they open your heart. Yeah, I think that's a cool demographic, and I really like that idea of going after that particular crowd. So, you have me fully on board.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to make it. Let's make it.
0: Because most of the things that I write are going to be... I write for people who are like me, so why not write for people who are not like you? What a novel concept.
1: <laughs> Everything I write, I, I come from a point, point of view for... I'm uh, stuttering all of this. You're doing great. When I started writing, I didn't ever have a theme. I didn't know who I was writing for. Now that I've been writing so long, and then, like, I'm getting... I have a manager now, and I'm getting my scripts out there, I realize that I do have target audiences, and I always have themes, and most of those themes deal with, like, toxic relationships and toxic masculinity because it's something i hated as a kid it was something i never fit into that crowd it was very weird for me Mm -hmm. growing up that way so now when i write i'm like god i wish more kids were like me and learned and were empathetic at a young age yeah how do i how can i make that happen
0: i think of everything you've said i think that's the best pitch for starship troopers because that's what it is it's luring people in with the expectation of it's going to be a ha ha let's watch a bunch of dudes kill a bunch of aliens
1: that's why out of those kids that i watched it with when i first saw it mm-hmm. i'm the one who still rewatches it yeah because i love that satirical aspect and where there's so they're like, great they'll go oh i gave it a watch again didn't hold up action was weird and then what's up with all that satire or they wouldn't call it satire they're like what's up with those commercials you know it's just like over um, the head
0: i like it i think that's fun thank you cool <laughs>
1: I didn't tell you my director yet, either, did I?
0: Oh, no, you didn't. I just talked about uh, my director, who's awesome and great.
1: Yeah, Ryan Johnson is amazing.
0: Uh, Who did you have?
1: Alfonso Cuaron. Oh. Yeah. Well,
0: that makes sense if it's going to be... Yeah. That's a cool idea.
1: I wanted him to see... I wanted to see him fuck with comedy in that first act. Right. And see how Alfonso Cuaron handles comedy. But then I wanted that Children of Men darkness.
0: I was going to say, well, I guess. Has he... I mean, I guess, would you describe that as his most political thing, how much political or satire stuff has he
1: done? Just Children of Men as far as I know. I mean, Children Brett, of Men's a good one. It's, well, yeah, it's one of my favorites of all time. I just, uh, I just think he's a gorgeous filmmaker in general, like the stuff he does. And, I, I didn't want an American filmmaker mm-hmm. either. Because I wanted someone like, Because you
0: think an American filmmaker would be tainted and you need someone who can see the American system from outside of it? It's more like... Alfonso
1: Cuarón's Mexican, correct?
0: I believe so, but him, I can verify.
1: Yeah, yeah Guillermo, uh, Guillermo de Toro, Robert Rodriguez, Alfonso Cuarón. I believe they're known as like this trio of directors in Mexico. So I wanted uh, somebody who was on the other side of that Trump administration, like somebody who's like they build the wall. I wanted somebody who had that anger too when they're making this, like from that real artist point of view, something that drives him. I know he's not American as all. Well. He's definitely yeah. From... He's not, and I for whatever reason I can't <laughs> technically North American spell his
0: name. Yeah, he's Mexican. Okay,
1: yeah. So he's on the other side of that. Let's build a wall. And I wanted to see what that would push him to make as like a from like a producer point of view. Absolutely. Too.
0: And I also think, it's, <clears throat> and I do one hundred percent believe that it's if it's parodying if it's made now and it's parodying American politics. It's even though we certainly have a perspective on it, it's. Hard to have a perspective on something from the inside. and It's easier to have a perspective on that from the outside. Mm-hmm. And so I think you got to have the American writer, but the foreign
1: director. Yeah, and then he'll he'll be telling me all along in my dream scenario where I'm writing this for Alphonse Yeah, Becker, he's like, no, 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 you gotta yeah, add this, add that. You don't know what it's like. I'm like, no, I don't. No, more. no, please tell me more.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm gonna spend all day on set just listening to you. Also working. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's pretty much how it would go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. I like it. I think that's a neat concept for a movie
1: which i know it wasn't exactly no it's
0: look i'm every episode that i do is slightly different like we did a whole episode where we were remaking superman we pitched a five movie uh series and it's great listen to that it's amazing um but yeah that's i i think we ended up with something really cool and i think that what you're describing would be a very very good starship troopers
1: remake thanks excellent so you should you should write it okay (laughs) <laughs> just throw it in and put it right on spec.
0: Well, I mean, uh, you should write the movie, and then if it gets sold right. as a Starship Troopers
1: remake, so be it. Yeah. Why not? I'll just give it a different title for now. It'll be Sky Boat Soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Sky Boat Soldiers? Yeah. Okay. I was just using synonyms for each breakdown. I was oh, I know. literally looking at my paper. I'm terrible i know what
0: you were doing all right <laughs> uh i was trying to think of like another like goofier title just like that just i'm really proud of having come up with dose so i just wanted more of that
1: that'd be a fun podcast in itself just ideal remake of titles, titles one of the things i made
0: a student. we did uh they live was i was like they live is a terrible title i'm sorry but it is what do we actually call this? I don't remember what we came up with, but we had to come up with a new title because They Live's bad.
1: I like They Live.
0: It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it
1: sounds more like a monster flick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, you. They Live is a movie about Frankensteins. They
1: walk. They're among us.
0: Or they're zombies. Yeah. It doesn't work. I hear you. But, okay, so when you write your script, when you write this movie, what would you call it? What would be your new title if it's not Starship Troopers?
1: Oh. I don't know. I, I can't uh, I know. come up with that on the spot. That's tough. Whoa. I mean, the tagline would be something like, uh, "Yeah, make make the Federation great again." That would be like something the like line. that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Again, Purge did that, but
1: oh yeah, yeah, make
0: the Purge great again.
1: Right. It's such an easy one to go for. Yeah. All right, then I'd probably go for something a little, a little different. You want to do your dose tagline though? Well, the, do you well dose today. It would be. Uh, def- def-
0: I would. It would be defending the planet from the greatest enemy of all.
1: Yeah, that's... And I'll just
0: leave it at that because I don't say what the enemy, what the greatest enemy of all is. Uh,
1: that's clever. I think I would just do the "Do you want to know more?" and never give away that much information. Ooh. I'd advertise it like the village.
0: I like it. Okay, good. Where
1: the, the whole which I love that campaign still to this day. I know it pissed off a lot of people, but the fact that the village was advertised as this you know crazy horror flick. You know what you can call it? Space Force. Space Force. Space Force is already a movie, I think. A really bad one.
0: I know, but isn't that what they're <laughs> calling, uh, isn't that what Trump's calling his...
1: Oh, that's right. He is. Oh, my God, yes. The Space Force. Oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> I mean, because that's what this would be. That's yeah, literally
1: but... what this would be. It is, yes. I didn't even think of Space Force going into this, and now that I'm... Pe- I didn't think of right. it until just this moment either. God, we got to go back. Let's record the all whole right, thing over.
0: So, thanks for joining me. <laughs> oh, sorry I dropped the gun on that. Ah, uh, so Nick, tell me what uh what do you want to pitch or
1: Oh please t- don't t- do this. T- don't do this to me.
0: T- t- tell me about plugs. do you want people
1: do do you want people to follow you on social media? Oh, no, I don't care. I don't really use social media that much. Great, that's a good answer. Yeah I'm uh the, you know follow follow your hearts, follow your dreams.:
0: Is there anything you would like people to follow in lieu of following you? Let's see. Not the news. Don't follow that. It's chaotic. Uh, do you want them to like like or follow Stage
1: Thirty Two? Do you want to pitch that at all? No, I'm, I'm not. I don't really want to, I'm not much of a salesman. I don't all like right. selling anything. So you do, you guys. We just spent an entire hour pitching and sale and selling things. Yeah, for fun. Yeah.
0: all right. If fine. I were pitching
1: to a producer, yeah, that's different. I mean, like, I'll sell the people. My, I'm not going to tell you. You'd them, have visuals. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a little PowerPoint. Do they still do PowerPoints? I do like PowerPoint. I don't know I'm <laughs> not... Is
0: this a reference to something? Nope,
1: just totally burnt out from talking so long that good. I, I am out of energy and I'm saying silly things. You're doing great? Just fine. Super proud of you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing to. Is there anything you want to. Well,
0: I mean, <laughs> if you're interested in finding out more about uh, Ideal Remake, you can like us on Facebook or you can follow us on Twitter or now Instagram, where I'm being good and I'm posting things, Chris, like you told me to if you want to find out more about me, my name is Sam Gash. You can find me on Twitter at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H.
1: Oh, yeah. I guess if you want to follow me on Twitter, I have a Twitter. Yeah. You could figure it out on your own, though. Yeah.
0: Nick Asunto. <laughs> A-S-S-U-N-T-O. Yes?
1: Yeah. yeah. Cool. Or whatever
0: your action... Actually... You can Google him. He's around.
1: <laughs> I do stuff.
0: Well, thank you for being a guest on uh, this episode. Thank you for taking the time to recreate starship troopers i know how busy you are and i do appreciate it
1: yeah th- no, thanks for having me and thanks for letting me do it this weird writery way no
0: i think that's amazing and i'm really happy with what we came up with so i hope you all tune in to watch space force <laughs> as it becomes a real thing live in front of us i'm gonna
1: call my manager right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> not if i call him first